0: Eleventh week on our study of prayer. Pastor Schauer preaches next week. It'll be the finale. One or two have thought it's gone too long. Others have thought I've learned a whole lot. Acts chapter 4. Peter and John were captured by the scribes and the Pharisees. This was shortly, shortly, a week after Jesus' death, resurrection. And when they are captured, scribes and Pharisees say to them, if you keep talking about Jesus, it will end your life, and we will be the expedient ones behind the end of your life. Acts four twelve, one one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. Peter said to the scribes and Pharisees, their salvation under no other name. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We shall not be silent. Scribes and Pharisees wanted to kill him; They didn't dare do it because there was enough going on with Jesus' death and resurrection and with the power that Peter and John had because of the miracles they had been doing. They are plotting secretly how to execute Peter and John. And Peter and John go to the house where the believers are meeting and they say to the people, you know, they are trying to kill us and if they kill us, they're going to kill you. And the Bible says they began to pray at that point and they were praying for protection for Peter and John and for this house of believers. And I'm sure someone in the house said, did you come to directly to our house? Did anyone follow you? How do we know that spies weren't sent to follow you as has always been the case? And how do we know before this day is over, all of us will no longer exist? That is where their prayer was directed. And at the end of this section that you'll be studying this week, verse 31, it says, after they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. It was not an earthquake. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and their fear left them, and they spoke about the Lord boldly. Their fear left them. In the old days, when you wanted to build a highway through a mountain, you used TNT. They do not use that anymore. When you had dynamite all bundled up, you had a fuse line that led from the person who's going to ignite it, and that fuse line led all the way to the TNT, and when it hit the dynamite, there was a massive explosion. What happens to the prayers? We've talked about it for 11 weeks now. What happened to Ezekiel's prayer, Nehemiah, Moses, Abraham, Hannah, all the rest of them? What happens to their prayers? Your prayers are a fuse line that leads up to the throne of God. And when your prayers get to the throne of God, there is an explosion that takes place. And the explosion is called the Holy Spirit. The verse we looked at last week, Ephesians 3.20. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that your prayers will ever ask Him. And why is that? Because of the power that exists in the Holy Spirit. Your prayer does not take long to reach God. Before it leaves your mouth, it is already ascended. And when it comes to the throne of God, when it comes at to that command center, there is a dispatch that is sent out. And the one who does that is the Holy Spirit of God. You're gathered together for Thanksgiving. Uncle Joe is there. You're nervous when Uncle Joe is going to be at Thanksgiving because he always stirs something up. And this time when Uncle Joe tried to stir something up, you kept quiet. That was almost miraculous. That you kept quiet because he always knows how to push your buttons. Dare I say that a visit of the Holy Spirit came upon you. Dare I say. You went to a house where God was not mentioned at all. As I said last Sunday, they'll talk about family, food, and football, but they will not mention God's name at all. And as you went, you were talking to your wife and you said, you know, dare I have a prayer? Dare dare I suggest that we have a prayer before we eat? And she said to me, you must do that. He said, I spend all night uh, worrying and wondering about this matter. But when it came time to eat the meal, I said, would you mind if I had a prayer? And the courage came upon me, I didn't realize I had... And you better believe they heard from me in this prayer that everything they had in that house and the food on the table and everything that was in their life, it came as a gift from God. That gentleman received a visit from the Holy Spirit as he prayed. You've looked at uh, your paycheck all these years. And you've said how foolish it is to give money to an invisible God. That just doesn't make any sense. But maybe during this study on prayer for the last 10 weeks, it has dawned upon you that your food comes from Him and your clothing and your shelter come from Him and the job that you have comes from Him. And all of a sudden a light bulb went off and you said, hey, all of these years this money has been mine." But it now dawns on me, it's His. And all of a sudden, for the first time in your life, at age 43 years of age, you're actually saying, I can hardly wait to give some of this back to God. You received a visit from the Holy Spirit. Moses, he's in Mount Horeb. 475 miles, the Israelites are in Goshen. They are slaves. Moses has been in that wilderness for 40 years. And all of a sudden on that particular day, he does a double take. Because he sees something he never seen before. He sees a bush burning, uh, but the bush is not consumed. And the theologians, being theologians the way they are, they like to argue about what sort of bush that was. doesn't matter what sort of bush it was. Why is that bush burning and it's not consumed? Because the Holy Spirit of God. When that fire came down on Mount Carmel, there was the Holy Spirit of God in answer to Elijah's 63-word prayer. In the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost, it's flames of fire that are sitting on the heads of the believers. That's the Holy Spirit of God. Why is that bush burning? Because the Holy Spirit has come. Why has He come? Not because of Moses' prayer. Moses is not praying, Lord, you know I'm getting bored out here. I've been doing this for 40 years. What's the next step? Moses isn't praying that. Who's praying that? The children of Israel, 475 miles away, they are praying to God. And they are saying, God, Pharaoh we have now is mentally ill. He is out of his mind. The... Pressure put upon us is destroying us. Send some help our way. And 475 miles away, there's a guy named Moses. And God says to him, I have heard the prayers of my people. Haven't heard your prayers, Moses. You ain't been praying. I've heard the prayers of my people. I have designated you as an angel to the Israelites You'll deliver them from slavery. Moses says, you picked the wrong angel. I can't stand in front of people. I stutter when I speak. You picked the wrong angel. And God said, no, 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 no. I picked the right angel. You go 475 miles. You go. And you're going to deliver my people. It was not Moses' prayer. It was someone else's prayer. And God acted. There's a gentleman, his son has been addicted to alcohol and drugs. He's in his mid-30s. They spend so much time and money trying to get that addiction out of him. And just before Thanksgiving, he agreed to do... What he hadn't agreed to do in 10 years. He agreed to go for treatment. And as I talked to the gentleman on Thanksgiving Day. He said there is a hope I have not had in a long, long, long time. I prayed for him ever since he was 18 years of age with regards to this addiction. 18 years I prayed for him. And for the first time I see hope. That God is listening to my prayers. Is that 36-year-old praying? Not hardly. Though now he has begun. He never prayed. He didn't believe in the guy upstairs. But his father prayed. His father prayed. I've told you many, many times that when my dad died seven years ago, my first thought was, His protective prayers are no longer here. His prayers for me on a daily basis, which He said every time I spoke to Him, His prayers are no longer here. And I thought to myself, an element of protection in my life was gone. How many close calls with regards to death? How many close calls with regards to my ministry? How many close calls and a Red Sea opens, and it dawned on me many, many times, it is my dad's prayers down in Texas that are protecting me and opening up these waters. My dad's prayers. When my dad said, I pray for you every day, it didn't mean much to me, quite frankly. When you would say, I'm praying for you, Pastor, didn't mean much to me. But 18 years ago when John got sick, then when someone would say to me or my dad would say to me, I'm praying for you every day. It meant everything. You pray for your pastors. You pray for the teachers. You pray for the principal. You pray for Eric Mooney. You pray for Misty Plattner. You pray for Dan Plattner. You pray for the staff here. Why? because what I'm trying to say to you is something we haven't covered yet. When you pray to God pertaining to someone, you are bringing God's angels, you're bringing God's Spirit into that person's life. Those accidents I've told you twice, car accidents that were stopped, that I should not be here. When they happened, I said, that's Dad's prayer. That's dad's prayer. Samson, he's walking one day and a, a lion comes out from the side. Judges 13 or 16. lion comes out from the side and he tears apart that lion. The Bible says this, listen carefully. It says the Holy Spirit of God came upon him. Did Samson pray, Lord, protect me from the lion? Absolutely not. Didn't have time. And even if he had time, he wasn't that close to God. Who was praying for him? Manoah, his dad, was praying for him. And when it says the Holy Spirit came upon him, maybe his dad at that moment, some 120 miles away, maybe his dad at that moment said, something's happening to my son, I can feel it in my bones. And he threw up a prayer to God, and that prayer up to God moved the Holy Spirit to enter Samson as he was fighting that lion. Shortly thereafter, he's surrounded by a thousand Philistines. Does he think to pray to God? Absolutely not. He was not close to God, but his father was. And Manoah prays a prayer to God, and it says a second time, the Holy Spirit came upon Samson, and he put up the jawbone of a donkey, and he slew a thousand Philistines. There's only two times that Samson prayed. Immediately after he killed the Philistines, he prayed to God. He said, I'm going to die of thirst. You just helped me to feed the Philistines and now I'm going to die of thirst. You say, that doesn't make sense. If you're in Arizona in the summer when it's 120 degrees out, the guest that you are staying with will tell you, where are you going? Well, we're going 150 miles from here they will tell you put five or six gallons of water in your car because if your car breaks down and you're without water for two or three hours, you could die. If you live up here and it's ten below zero and you're going to drive someplace, you have extra blankets in the car because you know if your car stops, you might die. It's that cold out. and praise to God, you know, I need some water. And the Bible says that God miraculously provided water for him. And all of a sudden, Manoah back home is sitting there thinking, at least he's praying to God. And then the time comes when Delilah betrays him, and they capture him, and they take out his eyes. And now they bring him to the temple of Dagon, and he's standing there leaning against the temple. And for the first time in his life, it is a spiritual prayer offered up to God. His dad is praying back home. And his dad is praying, I know he's been captured, I know he's blind, I know he's made a mockery of Jehovah God, but God, can you still come to him? And Samson prays. He mentions God's name twice. He said, God, would you come to your servant Samson? And Samson pushes against those pillars and they come down. Three thousand gone. Samson gone. I look at Samson at that moment like I look at the thief on the cross. It was a thief on the cross praying to God, God, you know, I'm dying here on the cross, can you help me? He didn't know God. I like to think that he had, he had parents praying for him. I like to think that he had a brother or a sister praying for him. And when he's on that cross, prayers are heard. He hears Jesus say, Father, forgive them, and he turns to Jesus remember me when you call me into your kingdom pray for me i need that protection pray for each one of the staff members here they need that protection i pray for you spend three hours every week praying for members in this congregation. Those with needs in the health realm, lost a loved one, those finding out they're pregnant getting married, I pray for them. But I have you all alphabetized from A to Z. And over the course of a year, I will have prayed for everyone in this congregation whether I know you well or I do not, I shall pray for you. Saul rode to Damascus. He's hunting down Christians. And all of a sudden, he's knocked off his horse, camel, or donkey, whatever it is. Theologians like to argue that one. Whatever he's riding, he knocked off the steed. And there's a voice from heaven. And by the time the episode is done, he has gone from the tormentor and murderer of Christians onto the writer of half the books of the New Testament and the greatest missionary the world's ever seen. Was Saul praying to God and saying, God, come to me? He was not. He didn't know God. He was God's enemy. Who was praying? Listen carefully. The Jews at that time were trying to round up all the Christians. Saul was their main hitman. And the Christians meeting in homes, including in Damascus, they said, we know that Saul is coming. Protect us. Who would have ever thought that God would have protected them by turning Saul from a murderer into a Christian? Who had ever thought that? God said, I'm going to protect you in a way you'll never imagine. No one will ever believe the story that this man who has come to capture you will be the man that makes Christianity explode on this earth. This group that's praying there in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 4, they were protected. Peter gets captured Peter gets put in prison. You look carefully at Acts chapter 12. It's kind of funny. He's sitting in prison. Herod is going to have his trial in the morning. He's going to be executed. It doesn't say that Paul is praying in prison. I mean, Peter, it doesn't say Peter's praying. I'm sure he was. But it says the people in the house church where he belonged, they were praying for him all night long. And an angel comes and he says to Simon Peter, get up, and Simon Peter thinks it's a dream. And the angel opens up two prison doors. And all of a sudden, Simon Peter is out on the street. And he realizes it's not a dream. And he goes to the house where the Christians are praying. And he knocks on the door and a girl answers the door. And she says... Are you Simon Peter? And he says, yes, I am. And the Bible says she thought it was a vision or a dream. And then she goes in into the house where they're praying for Peter. And she says, I think Simon Peter is standing at the door. And they say to her, that's not possible. You know, go away. That's not possible. And then she goes and gets Simon Peter and he walks in. They're praying for his deliverance and he does it and they don't believe it's happens. The Christians in Damascus are praying for deliverance and they don't believe that Saul has turned into the Apostle Paul. I told you about that gentleman at LA Fitness, and when I bumped into him after four months, and I said, How are things going? Bankruptcy almost done, the divorce is finalized, my child my child is a chronic illness. And then he said, I have something I didn't have before. I have Jesus. Was he praying that Jesus would come into his life? The answer is no. He didn't have a clue as to who Jesus was. Who was praying for him? Hey, yours truly. Did I think God would answer the prayer to bring this man to the faith? I didn't. And when I saw him four months later and he told me, what he told me. I sit and said to myself, why do you ever doubt the power of God? Closing word. Jesus, son of God, says to Peter, James, and John, day before he dies, come into the garden with me. They say to him, what you got in mind? He said, here's what I got in mind. I want the three of you to pray for me. I want you to pray. I want your prayers to go to the command center, and I want God to send the Holy Spirit down to give me strength. Did his three friends pray for him? They were over three. They fell asleep three times. What did Jesus do? He prayed for them. God bless him. But there at that moment, he prayed for himself, just for himself. He said, Father, if I am meant to climb that cross for mankind's salvation, I don't want to do it. Let it happen some other way. Then he said, Not my will, thine be done. And what did God do? He sent an angel from heaven. The prayer reaches the throne of God. The Holy Spirit is activated. And the Holy Spirit sends an angel from heaven to stand in the presence of Jesus. Maybe it was a great Archangel Michael. I pray for Joshua back yonder every day. I pray for my daughter-in-law every day. I pray for my four grandchildren by name and by circumstance every single day. There are people praying for you. And you will never know how many times you were delivered from something because someone was praying for you. 11 weeks on this matter of prayer. The final week next week. If you haven't grasped it listening online. If you haven't grasped it being here and going through the study. We continue to pray that you will understand the power of the Holy Spirit. In the lives of his people by word. And by the prayers that are offered. Lord, keep us close to you in our Savior's name. Amen. Heavenly Father, your word stands before us. There are times when it means more in our life than others. You pick the sermons that Shower is supposed to preach. You pick the sermons that you want me to preach. And you have picked this 12-week study on prayer. I pray that your spirit might come upon the study that has occurred. And for those listening online and those here present, may we understand far better the working of the Holy Spirit when the prayers of God's people reach the throne of grace. Such things we ask in his name. Amen